have you tried doing what I do and just not care? No. All right, so I find it easy. Well, I mean, I have tried. I can't do it, though. I just don't give a shit. It's much Listen. easier. It's not that I care specifically too much about things that are aren't worth caring about, mm. like like all of the geeky stuff. I've not yet been able to not care about anything. Actually, I should probably refer you to the We Have Issues we did a few weeks ago, and it was just you and I, because I think I said everything I needed to say in that in that issue about how I don't care about anything. Am I being really nihilistic today? <laughs> I think you, you might just now be numb to the world. I have been. Uh, I've... Uh, there was a, a band I liked back in the 80s when I was listening to a lot of heavy metal called Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, Not down- Sabbath. No, Sabbath. And I uh, downloaded down. their seminal album Dreamweaver at the weekend. I've been listening to that quite a lot. It's a kind of a concept album based on sort of Anglo, Anglo-Saxon sort of weirding sort of um, magic sort of uh, mythology. Are they like thrash metal? Oh, very thrash. So thrash, um, metal. So I'm, I'm feeling, I've been listening to a fair bit of thrash. I was listening to it on the way in, so I feel very nihilistic. And uh, About semen. Yeah, if you like. You said seminal. I just want to uh, check, actually, semen. slightly slightly derailing ourselves here a little bit, but um, we, uh, we, we were talking on the way up here mm. about how they used to stick you in prison in Winchester for relative misdemeanours. No, not me. Not you, but people. I was aware of people who were, were chucked in a nick for a weekend or a week or something. For But you said relative misdemeanours. Yeah, yeah, relative. Is that incest? No, no. That's not what you meant. The, the, the chap I was thinking of in particular, as far as I'm aware, never had sexual congress with any of his relatives. No. There was a, a podcast, an episode of Reply All. Okay. Which is a very good podcast uh, about... Emailing? <laughs> no, but about like cultural things that have happened on the in- internet. Okay. So um, they. God, they must be so hard up for material to <laughs> talk about. So they, they did an episode, for example, they did an episode about the guy who first invented pop up ads. Oh, okay. And he, he did it, his motives for doing mm. it were actually mm. about re- like keeping advertising separate from yeah. content and okay. it all fell apart. And, yeah. In one of the episodes of Reply All, they were actually talking about a chap who, um, in his spare time, he, like every Sunday, he goes onto Wikipedia and he's an editor on there and he edits um, all cases of this very specific grammatical error. I can't, I can't remember what the grammatical error is, but it's one I, it's one I wasn't even aware of. And he goes in and he he fixes all of them. Mm-hmm. Hobbyist pedant. Well. And, and I get the impression he's, I mean, within the, within the, uh, within the sort of the structure of Wikipedia, the whole point is it's supposed to be as grammatical, you know, it's not like yeah, he's going online and telling people in blog posts that they're saying it wrong. No, it's, it's actually, the, the, Wikipedia does have lots of people who edit and stuff. And he's managed to get this down from thousands and thousands and thousands of these instances to, he just has to do some tidying once a, once a week on Sunday. And he's got, like, he holds down a job. He's got a, a very tolerant partner who sees it as a, you know, the way, a hobby the way 
Mm-hmm. It, it's not actually any more of a waste of time than almost any other hobby. It gives him some sort of satisfaction. Yeah. But the the one thing that was interesting, um, he was talking about how he's fascinated by neu- uh, neurology, I guess, and he was saying that um, that the because our brains are such powerful pattern recognition machines, that's basically what they do. If and because the part of our brain that does all of that stuff is really it's it's muddled up and all part of the same part of our brain that processes pain and and anxiety and stuff like that that actually if there's a particular sort of pattern that you see that isn't right mm. if you keep seeing something that's wrong it can actually be uncomfortable like yeah. physically uncomfortable mm-hmm. to see it and so you have to address it or you feel you have to address it, and and he's doing he's doing this in a very healthy way, really, because mm-hmm. he's he's doing it in a way that's socially acceptable. It's actually he's providing a service, he's fixing something, mm-hmm. and he's he's making a difference. And he says that if in the Oxford English Dictionary or whatever it is, they finally accept this grammatical mm-hmm. thing, which might happen, then it will be uncomfortable for him. But he'll just he's happy. Mm-hmm. That. He'll walk away from it. Um, and it did make me think about how. That old XKCD cartoon, the XKCD um, strip that gets shared around an awful lot, which is the uh, the one character, the one stick person saying to the other stick person, come on, it's it's late, it's time for bed. And the other person says, can't go to bed, someone is wrong on the internet. Mm-hmm. That I know explains an awful, like describes an awful lot of people's behavior online, definitely mine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm just a jerk, but a lot of the time... It is almost a compulsion yeah. when you see something and you're like, well, they're just not seeing it. But like, they, I, I kind of need this person to understand mm. how I see it. They don't have to change their mind, but I do need them to <clears throat> see it how I see it. And it, it almost is this compulsion that you can't actually stop. Think, and it do does you make you, you feel better. Do you better. think it's a lack of empathy there that you don't uh – you're not able to see their point of view, so you have to foist your own upon them? No. If I was doing this and had no empathy, mm. I think I would be able to get my point across. And this is the same with emails and stuff as well. I would be able to get my point across in a paragraph. You see a lot of people mm. and they say, you know, they are jerks on the internet to at least the same extent as me, but they do it in a much more concise way. Mm. Um, and I think that's because they don't really care what how other people feel when they're reading stuff. But with me, part of the reason I end up building in like thousands of caveats and every time I think, oh, maybe people won't understand this bit and they'll think I'm, I'm just being horrible to them. So then I put in a whole other paragraph saying, look, this is how, this is how I see, I'm trying, I, I can see your point of view and, um, and et cetera, et cetera. But of course, nobody ever gets past the, the, I was going to say the fourth paragraph and I mean the fourth sentence, don't I? No, but you're accurate. Do you, yeah. um, do you ever feel sometimes I feel jealous of these guys though on the internet who can for example um there's a actually a, an extreme example this week is obviously uh, Leonard Nimoy died and Bill Shatner was unable to attend because he was already committed to a charitable event which from what I can tell from Leonard Nimoy's Twitter feed and and from the interviews and so forth I've seen with him online that he probably would have thought that that was the correct way of doing things, that, that William Shatner stayed and honoured his commitment and raised money for a good cause rather than cancelling and leaving people in the lurch and coming back to his 
his funeral. So, of course, Bill Shatner decided to stay. He hasn't attended Leonard Nimoy's funeral. But people felt they needed to take it upon themselves to castigate him online. Now, I, I can't understand why anyone would do that. And I, I'm just about to say, I, I think sometimes I suffer too much empathy, but I can't actually really empathise with where these sort of people are coming from. But there's there's an, uh, part of me that... that I don't um I don't feel jealous of them that they they're able to be nasty but they're able to go through life believing that every thought that appears in their head is the absolute correct one mm. never doubting themselves and never thinking for a minute that other people might be motivated in different ways there is almost part of me sometimes that's a little bit jealous of that to be honest because I tend to sorry I, I should frame that in so much as um, I, I know having having undergone a little bit of therapy that one of my big issues is uh, I don't want to call it overthinking it but I, I, I tend to look at look at issues from too many sides mm-hmm. and end up sort of trying desperately to try and make everything work for everyone and that's not the correct way so I frame that as too much empathy but you could describe it in different ways I'm sure well, it's a it's a level of uncertainty. I mean, I see that more as uncertainty. Mm. That like it seems to me that the decent way that well that that's not entirely true. It, uh, working on a project on my own, I'm very de- decisive. Given my own, as soon as you as soon as you bring other people into the party, and things start going a bit awry for me. When you say a project on your own, project a project on yeah. your own. Do you mean something for which only you care about the outcome? Mm, um. No, not necessarily. It's a lot of things, but something I'm solely responsible for. Right. You see, I yeah, I can relate to a certain amount of that, and I think the uh, I think there's a I think it is mainly about certainty though, because you're not talking about mm-hmm. you're not talking about people who necessarily know exactly what to do. Sure. In the workplace or mm-hmm. in a given situation, you're talking about people who have absolute certainty when it comes to berating other people in yeah. public or, or stuff like mm. that. They're absolutely certain about their opinions. Mm. They might not be absolutely certain about their actions, but they certainly know sure. uh, they certainly know how the world should be. And and sort of courage of convictions is something we um something we tend to or society tends to applaud, but actually courage of convictions when it comes to berating an, a, a, a a man who's lost a very long term friend. I'm not I'm not sure it's a good thing. I'm not sure courage of convictions is a yeah, I mean they're two really different things. Because you're a twat. They? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but empirically, there's, a, there's a, the. Uh, I think that my w- crazy utopian vision for society is that people can do, people should be able mm. to do what they want to the extent that it it doesn't actively or like through ignorance mm. hurt other people or or mm. inf- impose on other people's mm. lives. And uh, sorry, talk, talk, talking of which, um, very brief aside. Like just interrupting me. That's imposing on my. No, go on, carry on. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I'm now doubting myself because I'm sure that's how our podcast works. But now I'm now I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a now and now the interruptions longer than it needed to be because you threw light onto it. You've caused self doubt in me. I'm now having like a little mini crisis because there's no way that the thought I've had can possibly now live up to the expectation that's created both by your interruption and my self-analysis. Well, let's me and the viewer, uh, viewer, listener, viewer, listener, listener decide. This last what week's, was the thought? This last week's 
paper, uh, this last week's weekly wipe had a really good um, uh, breakdown of the uh, uh, utopian stroke dystopian uh, vision that Peppa Pig um, presents. Presents. It was very funny. They uh, it was the Russell Brand um, skit they do, and he was he was pulling apart Peppa Pig based on the fact that they're all animals living in this living harmoniously in this utopian world, but the only human in it is the queen. And everyone else is a sub- subservient animal beneath her. I have tried watching Peppa Pig. I got very fixated on the curvature of the Earth in it. It's a freaky and, looking world they and, live in. And couldn't stop looking at the fact that the Earth starts curving. Mm. You'd think that maybe they live on a hill, but but no, because when it pulls back, mm. it kind of looks the same. Yeah. The Earth starts curving immediately outside their front door. But do you know what I don't get? is like how, Where do they draw the line between pets and people i i don't i i just my brain immediately i want to bring up goofy and pluto and donald duck yeah, and, I no, just, that's, I mean, that's and now i'm going into a bit of a meltdown yeah um you mentioned the queen yeah the the first time i was really aware of uh this exact leonard nimoy william shatner thing mm. um and it predates social the social internet so mm-hmm. it's clearly not a new problem i think that if, speaking of charlie brooker i think there mm. was um the the first of those mini documentaries that he puts in weekly wipe i think was actually about this specifically the uh the death of diana <laughs> okay the the mini documentary and I'll, I'll post a link to it but i think i have done before was actually about how news coverage has changed since then mm-hmm. how it's changed the how now the news leads with the opinion of a normal person on the street and the human impact of a news story rather than the actual news story. But I just remembered thinking at the time that Diana died when uh, our entire country lost what small uh, shred of self-awareness and sense of humor it had to begin with. We keep trying to claw bits of it back, but Mm. that's when it really went out the window um, and everything became – we were no longer irreverent. We were Mm -hmm. suddenly the most reverent we've ever been. Um, But the – I remember seeing footage of um, people on the gates, at the gates of Buckingham Palace or wherever it was the Queen was at that particular time, who'd been there for days just uh, just, – mourning the loss of diana and they were complaining because i don't know if you remember but it it, it it seemed to drag out a really long time yes the uh the queen the queen coming out and showing that she was sad yeah, yeah. and uh and there were normal people uh who are cl- who are clearly royalists or, or clearly think of themselves as royalists on the doorsteps of Buckingham, or on at the fence of buckingham palace complaining that the queen isn't really showing that she's sad enough now uh, notwithstanding, like, all the reasons why the Queen might not be that sad about Diana dying, which is a whole other uh, podcast, which will a uh, 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 50-part podcast we've got coming about who really killed Diana. I think we've, we've been talking about oh, that, yeah. yeah? Wh- which will be coming in the summer if we don't get assassinated before then. Yes, keep um, an eye out uh, for any suspicious deaths amongst us. Yeah, amongst us too. Yeah. Um, but... But that was the first point at which I was like, I I really resented it because it made me feel a sympathy for the royals that I never had done before. Because for everything, everything else that they get, all of the privilege they have, even if they wanted to live a normal life, mm. 
And this was this was before the internet made it like anyone over 500 followers. <laughs> no, because I've got that. everyone over a thousand followers now is put in that in a similar sort of spotlight, just not by as many people. Well, anyone but like, over a thousand followers is royalty. No, but like everything they do mm. is under a, an un. Uh, an inappropriate level of scrutiny. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, it, that was the point at which I realized, yeah, they've got so, they've got so much privilege and I don't, nobody really understands anymore why they get to be special beyond that this seems to be a country that needs, that needs to have people on that sort of a pedestal mm. ridiculously. It's the sort of, it's the sort of national identity as much as anything else. But that they can't even decide when it is they're going to show how sad they are about someone in their family dying just struck me as ridiculous. Because if you stripped, if you, <coughs> sorry, if you if you strip the whole uh, ex-wife who's been going on national TV slagging off the family element from it. Mm. There are so many normal human reasons why they might want to stay inside for a little bit. Mm -hmm. They've got like two boys in the family who've lost their mum and, and stuff like that. And it was just, and it was insane. And like, if you're a royalist, you're supposed to kind of think that they're better than us and don't have to answer to us anyway. So, so that, that was the first time I really saw that. So, and you see it again and again and again. And so I'm already, I'm already, I was already primed when I heard the William Shatner thing. The best thing was I've, I've heard people complaining about the fact that it was happening, but the only actual quoted tweet I've seen was somebody reposted um, as the point where they thought William Shatner would probably have just, you know, if they were William Shatner, they'd have just, they'd have just told everyone to fuck off and, and, and retreated from it. But um, somebody was actually saying, um, yes, obviously it, it's good that you've, uh, you know, it's nice that you kept your red cross commitment but there was still plenty of time for you to charter a plane mm. to get back to it and it's like i mean i don't know william shatner definitely has more money than us mm. but i don't I, I i i still don't think chartering planes is is that cheap and straightforward a thing no. to fit into your, <laughs> fit into a day mm. unless you're like mega bucks mm -hmm. rich you know what i mean and and um and some well, that, of his some of the sitcoms and stuff he's been aligned with recently suggest mm. that he's still got to work. That kind of illustrates as well, and I think this is something we've touched on before, is people's perception of the rewards that come with fame. Mm. That you live uh, in a level of rarefied air where everything is immediately on tap to you. And I, and I remember, I think, were we talking on here? And I was thinking about it on on Twitter the other day about how cheaply people surrender their anonymity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I think it was to do with Dapper Laughs and he's now framing himself as some kind of victim. Mm -hmm. Didn't take um, long. It's very weird. No, But um, I was thinking about where did that sense of, um, for want of a better word, I'm going to, I think I'm going to make one up, victimhood come from. Mm -hmm. and And I think, there's a possibility that it, it comes to the fact that he can't he can't claw it back. He's sold his anonymity. He can't go on, certainly for the next year or two, he cannot go on with a normal life. That's now closed to him. He can't go back to being an estate agent because it's always going to be, you're that wanker off the telly, aren't you? 
but it but there's no real net gain for him. His career was so short lived, so he sold away his anonymity. He now has a level of notoriety, and now he, because of that, I think he's he's got himself in a corner and he, he's trying to claim he's a victim because he wants people to feel sympathy for the the desperate situation he's in. And I think actually the best illustration of 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 how extreme that that selling of anonymity is is Nick Bateman from the first. Big Brother, who by all accounts has now moved to Australia and changed his name. <laughs> because for those few weeks in the summer in 2000, he behaved a bit like an arsehole to win a game show and now is vilified mm-hmm. because he failed to live up to certain expectations we have on an entertainment show that society uh, uh, really got into at that time. And it, Yet, despite all of that evidence that actually... Um, uh, low-level fame or notoriety um, is actually n- a negative thing for people generally, for people to go through. People still want to strive for it. You know, The Voice, X Factor, Britain Has Talent, all still very popular, where people are basically spunking away their their anonymity just for a shot at something that, that probably doesn't actually exist. I remember yeah. very well reading in the... Um, it's a book I've read several times. It's very interesting insight into a very peculiar character in British life, um, uh, the Kenneth Williams Diaries, which is a, a hell of a hell of a read. Um, and he he bemoans there that you know I thought of him as a, a exceptionally famous individual. He was always on something. He was in the Carry On films. He was always on um, Just a Minute. Always on the radio. Always worked and worked at a reasonably high level. But he couldn't afford to move out of the flat he had in London to what he craved was a little house in the country or something somewhere where he could get away from it. And he said he just he couldn't afford it. And that's the thing. I think people forget that. It's like once you're out there, once you're exposed, you're fucked. Hmm. That's it. And if the public decide they're going to take against you, you, that's it. That's you're done. It is uh, when when Dapper Laughs first decided he was get first made the and it's well I mean it wasn't I, I think it was sincere to the extent that he was capable of it but the interview he did where he was wearing a roll a roll neck and and was very uh, he was he was a, a, still a little bit saying mm. blaming it on his audience mm. but seemed to genuinely think he was going to fold up the character and move on mm-hmm. from it. I did think that maybe he was being a bit naive mm. about what else he had to offer. Yeah. If he still wanted to be in, in entertainment, mm. I don't I don't think at the time I thought, well but I mean what so you're just going to walk away from the fact that people were throwing money and adoration at you for this mm. because a few people who you are who are never going to be at your shows mm. Have decided to kick up a fuss. Yeah, like Jim Davidson, Bernard Manning, all of those people mm. manage just fine. Yeah, on the fact that decent, mm-hmm. like despite the fact that a lot of decent people didn't. Mm-hmm. And if you hang on, if you're like him and you hang on, the, eventually at least one of the tabloids is going to decide that you're standing out against political correctness gone mad and make a hero of you anyway. So but I then, always thought, well, of course he's going to. You can't walk away from that. That's but ridiculous. Then Jim Davidson, I, I bet cannot walk down the street with at least one person calling him a wanker. I mean, it's almost inevitable. If I saw him walking down the street, 
certainly 10, 15 years ago, I would not have thought twice about calling him a wanker in the street. Oh, yeah, but for everyone who does that, there's mm. like, there's going to be a handful of grannies and, yeah, but you, other, you know, and other people who just mm-hmm. boost now, his ego. So. Is, is he one of these people that has such a large ego that, unlike us, he doesn't hear the one criticism louder than every compliment he gets? Or is he a normal human being? And all that sticks in his mind is the one person that calls him a wanker, and he forgets all of the little grannies that are, you know. And, it, and it's sort of it's I'm quite thinking, a I'm sympathy think- for Jim Davidson. Jesus Christ! I'm thinking about all the normal people, uh, normal people I meet in my day to day life, and uh, and wondering if you haven't got the statistics a bit, <laughs> a bit backwards there, because there seem to be plenty of people just wandering around. Who are perfectly happy to take all of the positive reinforcement thrown at them. And but, that, but that's sort of exhibited in public behaviour. I just sort of wonder, you know. Does everyone uh, go do we all have self doubt? Yeah, do we all have self doubt? And I, I'm sure we, we do. I'm sure. Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't act out about young comedians that are jabbing at him if, if he didn't have self doubt. He yeah, just he mean, wouldn't give a shit, would he? Certainly creative people mm. tend to say, uh, like writers and and filmmakers and and actors mm. and stuff like that always say that it doesn't matter how many good reviews they get they only pay attention to the bad mm. reviews so maybe we are more aligned with that we just aren't haven't worked out how to be creative people James possibly maybe that's what that I'm that trying is. very hard hmm well so I mean but yeah so Dapolos the interesting thing about that is that uh, Nick nasty Nick. Mm decided like decided that he was going on a game show so he might mm-hmm. as well play it like a game yeah. show uh was nasty for that period of time mm-hmm. i don't think he's done anything since then that really suggested that he was a a, a vaudevillian pantomime villain has no, he no he, he, he was t- clearly he, just, t- he turned up at nightclubs and earned a couple of hundred quid appearance fee but yeah that's not really the same thing <laughs> that's not actually evil unless he was wearing a little uh black cloak mm. with uh, a red you know the Peter no. Capaldi doctor cloak. no that, that's nothing but the grim reality of that level of yeah. celebrity which is yeah so um horrible so he was horrible for six mm. weeks and then um uh now is has had to run away from mm. that whereas like uh, and people used to give him shit in the street but arguably the the worst thing the thing that he has done that is worst for society, the worst thing he's done, mm. quite haplessly, because no one knew that Big Brother was going to become the thing it became, yeah. um, is he created a narrative mm. within that sort of show that now means that someone like Dapper Laughs can be horrible in his day-to-day life, yeah. and that makes him the prime candidate to mm-hmm. go on to the next celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's where people... It's where people go when mm. uh, chunks of the public have turned against them to find a bunch of the public that doesn't... Like, Jim Davidson was on Big Brother, and a lot of the people who saw him were kind of seeing him on there for the first time. Sure. And and watching him, thinking, oh, he's, he's one of the nicer people mm. in here, seems sincere, seems quite humble. Mm. Um, and then hearing about all of, the, all of his reputation from the past, most of which he wasn't living up to when he was in the Big Brother house. So actually he's got, like, he's, if not an audience, there are plenty of people now who know him from Big mm-hmm. Brother who think, well, he's one of the better adjusted people who was in Big Brother for that year, so he can't be that bad. Don't know what all this 
fusses about. And then you get the uh, the political correctness gone mad people who sort of say, well, I mean, he's obviously not that bad because they're not thinking about all of the decades of misogyny and racism. Mm. <laughs> they're thinking about how there's a whole bunch of liberal fuddy-duddies going on about this guy and he's clearly not that bad. So obviously our society is totally broken between these people who say you can't bloody say anything, can you? I can't even say horrible things that I'm too uncomfortable to say out loud. Uh, yeah, I can't even say such and such, such and such, such and such in a crowded place mm. like I'm doing right now uh, without like getting told off for it. I've, I kind of went on a bit of a rant then and I'm not even sure that I finished a sentence, but I'm, I'm rolling with it. It's fine. Another podcast. Sorry. Uh, so Reply All. Very good. Maybe. Yeah, sorry, I, de- I, I derailed that. I don't think you did. Sorry. I think it's fine. I wanted to talk about... Uh, You're going to take back your, ber- uh, your beration off me. Beration? Uh, yeah, I didn't really berate you. Yeah, you did a bit. No, I just pointed it out. Listen that's, it, my, that's my passive-aggressive if, way of If you're listening it, um, please do tweet me if you think Nick berated me unfairly. About about your interruptions. Yeah. About your constant interruptions. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind your constant interruptions, but I don't think you want to be that sort of person. I've got to get a word in each way somewhere, Nick. Jesus. I mean, there's two of us doing this. So, uh, reply Two all. grown men. Not one grown man and some another grown man sitting there politely listening. One half grown man. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, reply all. Apparently, uh, a, a, an, ele- an element, and a certain amount of pedantry mm. on the internet might be actual, actually to try and stave off neurological discomfort. Fair enough. Uh, the other thing um, I listened to for the first time this week, and I only listened to two of them, the last two. There's a podcast called, I think it's called The Worst Idea in the World Ever, which doesn't really, that isn't the premise. Um, that isn't the premise of the podcast. It's just a kind of a description of the premise of the podcast. Mm. It's these two uh, Kiwi guys. They're, they're from New Zealand. They're not actual, like, Kiwi fruits. That'd be weird. Or the birds. Or the birds. Um, and they... Uh, took on the task of watching the film Grown Ups 2 once a week mm-hmm. for a year okay. and podcasting about it wow. e- each each mm. week. And I vaguely heard about that and I thought, well, that just sounds stupid. I'm not gonna, I wouldn't enjoy something like that, but I will listen to a couple of them just so I can be sure. And I listened to, I think, one from two weeks ago. They just finished. Mm-hmm. They just finished a week ago. So I listened to one from two weeks ago. They were in LA. They went to America. Uh, for they were going to finish it off with a couple of live shows. Are they Englishmen? No, they're, they're Kiwis. Oh, you said that, didn't you? Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> I was thinking about actual Kiwis. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so the first one I listened to, they were in some American, I think it was a Walmart or something. I, I, so they were walking around that worried about getting caught and they were very charming. They're really charming, funny guys. Mm. They were talking about this film I hadn't seen before. But I, I kind of knew by reputation, and it was quite funny. They weren't adoring of it. They were pointing out ridiculous things about it. Uh, the final episode of the first year was this week. And this is a, a wrinkle that I wasn't aware of. Uh, they, it was the, the second of their two live shows that they did over two days. And it was them, it was called Origins. And it was them, uh, that day, earlier that day, they had seen Grown Ups 1. It's only called Grown Ups. Uh, but they'd seen Grown Ups 1 for the first time. Oh, wow. And it was them talking about that. Now, because I didn't realise... that. See, it's it's a ridiculous idea to begin with that they've chosen 
to do Grown Ups too. Mm-hmm. But it just becomes it just becomes amazing when you realise they hadn't seen the first one. <laughs> I just think that's that's Very a impressive. surreal masterpiece. Yeah. Um, by all accounts, the first one, they, they, they started out, because from the previous episode I'd listened to, you couldn't be entirely sure whether they were guys who think that grown ups, the grown ups films are great. Um, it, it's fairly clear that they don't think the grown ups films are great. They were, they start out by trying to work out which of the two <coughs> films is the most mean spirited. Right. Which is when that's your metric on something. Is it an Adam Sandler? Yeah. yeah. And there was a little bit of them talking about how there were definitely glory days of Adam Sandler films and i've never really seen a, an adam sandler film i, I like i so. quite like happy gilmore um who but, did the wedding singer that was ben stiller no that was adam, no, that sandler. Was adam sandler but otherwise um I, I watched i tried to watch i'd never seen billy madison yeah uh, i got about half an hour in and just had to just couldn't handle it just not i find it funny. yeah it's really difficult and but he's huge isn't he <clears throat> he I mean, is famous. i mean I, I find him quite sort of when you see him interviewed and so affable yeah very personable sort of individual and and actually sort of quite humorous but very likable yeah which i think might be it not it's actually kind of, necessarily funny but very likable it's very frat boy humor yeah. isn't it which i don't really properly sort of tune into for the longest time i thought he and Ben Stiller were basically the same person and avoided mm. all films starring either of them, but they couldn't be more different. No, they are quite different. Um, so, yeah, so I wasn't sure. And I think The Wedding Singer is the only film of his I've seen that I actually enjoyed. And I've thought, never oh, seen it. So. It's, it's quite funny. Okay. Uh, Zoolander, not him. That's Ben Stiller, isn't a- it? Again, that gets her. People seem to love that. It left me very cold. These, these films are all right. But anyway, so that's a good podcast, uh, the worst idea in the world. And I wondered what they were going to do next. And apparently they're going to do Sex in the City 2. Awesome. Uh, I don't know if they've seen Sex in the City 1. I've seen Sex in the City 1, which is why I would never decide to do a podcast where I had to watch Sex in the City 2 I, 52 times. I, I know my wife is a big Sex in the City fan, so she'd like that. So. Yeah. She I'm really not sure they're going to be positive about it. Yeah. But you're on... The thing is that it's two guys and... When hey, that's our format. Yeah, but when they're ske- and most of a podcast, yeah, that's true. Uh, but when when they're skewering a film that is from a very masculine perspective, mm-hmm. like Grown Ups apparently is, yeah, um, you can see that pretty much they can say anything they want about it, and it's not mm. going to be offensive. Like, offensive particularly. I do wonder with Sex in the City because it is going to be a film about women made mm. pretty much for women mm. and and so i wonder how how critical they're really gonna it's fraught with danger yeah it is it's a tightrope be interesting though mm. so there's that what else was i you run say? out of things to say no i'm is that it? is this our last ever podcast well that's it folks thanks for listening also, I've listened to a few episodes of It's Science, Bitch. They've been very nice cool. about uh, We Have Issues. Yeah, I'm a bit uncertain about the bitch in the mm. title, but it's followed up with an exclamation that suggests to me that it's a gen- non-gender specific. Um, they're funny. That's two guys. They're English. Uh, so that's definitely our format. Yes. And they talk about they talk about uh, science stories. Cool. It sounds um, interesting. And sounds like something I'd like. They are very funny. So I like it. Uh, they, it is a Skype recording thing. You know how I feel about those. Yes, I do. Um, but, but you know, you can I still hear our, what they're saying, so I, it's good. I thought our last one sounded really good. I think that we both record on Audacity tracks and you mash them together makes it sound 
Excellent. Nobody else does that. <laughs> oh, you do it. That's fine. It's uh, it's the 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 it's make it's the making work for yourself mm. version of doing Skype recordings. But yeah, so that's really good. It's science bit, so you should listen to that. Um, I was uh, the, the, in terms of what's been going on this week. So. Um, I had one of my, uh, I had an interesting day on, on, at work on Friday, uh, which I won't go into detail about, but it was, um, it was an uncomfortable day, which ended up in the afternoon. I work in an open plan office. It was very full of people and I, I had uh, a lot of asthma. Mm hmm. More, more probably than I've had in a really long time. Mm. You know what I used to think was anxiety attacks, yeah. but actually it's apparently asthma, yeah. which are brought on by anxiety. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is pretty much the... I mean, what's an anxiety attack then? I don't is it just a non-lethal version of the same thing? I don't know. I, it, yeah. But then, so uh, by some coincidence, today my job has been transferring a whole bunch of uh, 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 course materials mm -hmm. about using inhalers properly. Oh. And I haven't got time to actually read read them to see if mm -hmm. I'm using my inhaler properly because I'm transferring lots of stuff across. But there are loads of interesting words being used. Because did you know that there's more than one sort of inhaler or respirator? I, I'm, only, or I'm only aware of the Ventolin variety. There's loads. And, and I, that's only from an old rave tape where the uh, MC halfway through... Uh, the set uh, says, has anyone got a Ventolin inhaler? It's an emergency. Oh. That all happened so to the from, person. Not from Aphex Twin? No, it's uh, DJ Druid and MC Sharky. MC Sharky, you've talked about him before. Mm. I really like, uh, and again, this is how you know that social networking isn't what made us the way we are. I remember when Aphex Twin uh, released his Ventolin album, mm -hmm. and um, and which has lots of gaspy noises on it and stuff. Okay. And uh, uh, I remember people complaining that it was offensive to people with asthma, which, you know, probably. But I think he was trying to make a point about asthma through the medium of ambient, yeah, non-lyrical. Non it's not for me to criticise how people with asthma feel. So, uh, well, I've had asthma for about a month, so mm. I I think I understand what it's uh, what it's like. And uh, we need to get a grip, uh, me and my people. I mean, because. Well, for a start, if uh, if we end up starting an argument with someone about how asthma sufferers are represented and it gets too stressful, we will always lose because we are far more likely to expire mm. from, certainly me with my anxiety. Yeah. But so there have been all these excellent words like uh, mucolites. I wrote some down. Mucolites and carbostyrene and macrospasmoids. I love medical macrospasmoids words. Macrospasmoids is quite a word, isn't it? Yeah. I might have made that one up. But Mucolite is a great name because it sounds like it immediately makes you think of maybe it's a mucusy asthma. No, I see. I'm thinking about uh, underground, uh, under, underground dwelling uh, alien types from Marvel Comics, similar yeah. to moloids. So the mucocytes are the mm. ones that hang down. Hang down. And, and the moloids <laughs> hang up. Hang, well, I don't think you can hang up. Got to have a system. Unless you're on the phone. Yeah, you In which can. case, you can hang up. Um, but yeah, so so what's been going on with you? Because that's literally my whole week. I had a very nice weekend uh, with Noah. I'm having a lovely time with him. We watched... Oh, oh, one it, thing. Uh, will someone please note for the record that Nick asked me how my weekend was and then immediately told me about his? We, uh, just one thing. We uh, Noah and I were um, on our own yesterday for a chunk of the day. So we watched... Mm. Uh, Totoro, but with Eng oh, I found okay. a dub. Uh, uh, I got it mm -hmm. dubbed. 
Okay. So it's the first time I've seen the English dubbed version, mm-hmm. but it's also the first time he's seen it. Didn't seem to bother him. It's a very good dub. I think it's the Disney dub. Yeah, and some of them are very, very good. Yeah. Uh, there are certain things like the uh, the little soot. They're called soot sprites uh-huh. in the English version, mm. but they're called Makurakurakoski. In the and you have to say it in that sing song way in Lovely. the original in the original version. So I think I'm going to sometimes play him that one because I kind of want him yeah. to grow up with Makurakurakoski. Good. But yeah, that's it really. Good. That's that sure. was my entire week. Yeah, not a good time at work. Mm. Nice time with the boy. Uh, Amy's very pregnant, and we still haven't moved into the house, so I can't talk about all of that in depth because I'll probably curse it. Yeah, that's true. Um. Uh, my week has been uh, dominated by, uh, for some reason, feeling like my uh, it's my birthday on Wednesday. This uh, Wednesday. This Wednesday, and uh, which feels like a very heavy cloud sitting over my head for some reason. It's my 40th. Yeah. So, I, I, so I'm feeling it for some reason, but I don't know. It's just where I am. I've been very um, – my, my mood's been quite black of late. I start a new project, uh, a scratch build this time. I uh, spent the weekend drawing out the designs – because obviously I need to cut, I need to measure and cut everything. So um, I had to go through a design phase to make sure I'm not just making shit up as I go along. I'm scratch making... built means built from scr- scratch. scratch, of course. Yeah, yeah. So you literally just you buy. I, all I'm, the... I'm going to design and then make, get the raw materials and then make. I'm making a castle for um, for Scarlet. It's like the Great British Sewing mm. Bee, but with. Yeah. Making stuff, maybe. Well, that's uh, initially, we, well, we don't know. I haven't executed yet, but I've, I've, I've planned and designed. So I spent uh, much of the weekend. I bought some graph paper or a pad of graph paper graph from, paper. from um, uh, Staples. Mm-hmm. Had had an argument with my wife about the scaling, but um, other, other than that, it was um, so that's complete. The plans are complete, and now I'm going to do it. So I, I just need to start that. Um, well, I need my need my in-laws to come back. So I need to bother, borrow my uh, father-in-law's um, bench saw and, and and workbench and so on to to be able to cut the material. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to making that. And um, I imagine those of my friends who have children, if it's a success, hopefully will benefit from it because I suspect I'll make more. So yeah, uh, uh, we shall see. Um, but um, if it is a success, I'll take photographs as I um to go through and we share them uh, somehow somehow through, through 2GM. It seems appropriate. But yeah, Scarlett just asked me a few weeks ago. She said she wanted me to make a castle and I was going to make it out of a few loo rolls. And I thought, no, I'm going to make her a proper castle. You can do it properly. I, yeah, I'm going to do it properly. So um, I'm hoping, um, obviously it's my, my birthday on Wednesday, I'm hoping I'm going to have sort of, um, I, I have asked for like a, um, a air uh, a, a brush thing. airbrush and so forth. So fingers crossed because that will make painting much easier and so forth. I had to deal with a very odd existential crisis um, that Scarlett went through on Saturday. I, Saturday was a terrible day. I was in a um, very unusual mood and ended up ended up sort of um, losing the plot a little bit in the um, in the uh, in the afternoon evening, which saw me sat outside in our back garden for about an hour and a half in the pouring rain because I couldn't face going back in the house because I didn't think it was fair for Nicola and Scarlett to be anywhere near me, which is a bit odd. And it was also I wanted to be away from Scarlett. I was having a bit of a meltdown. Didn't want to go out because I thought I'd do something stupid. Frankly, um, either drink and or I, I don't know what, but I, re- I knew leaving the house was a very bad idea for me. So that was very unpleasant. But earlier in the day, Scarlett had been, while I was sitting and designing, Scarlett was watching Rugrats the movie, which, you know, you'd think Rugrats, she likes the series, relatively benign, completely forgetting. I watched it 
with Nicky years ago, but it was about 20 years ago, I think, the film came out. Completely forgot. It centred around Tommy has a little brother called Dill, and they climb into a packing crate and end up getting lost in some woods. So all the children get separated from their parents, lost in the woods. Scarlet, and there's like a wolf there, there's monkeys. I thought that was going to be way worse. Scarlet found, but that's what Scarlet finds terrifying. She doesn't Mm. find monsters and zombies and stuff terrifying. She finds them funny. What she finds terrifying is separation. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and this is empathy. Sometimes, and this make this is what makes me worry about Scarlet, is it's the um, the, th- the the thing that I have trouble with is I I feel sometimes that my emotions are too intense, too high. Like empathy causes me to feel um, really it affects me when I see mm-hmm. see people. You know, I, I can't watch Comet Relief. Mm-hmm. I genuinely get so angry and so at the just the injustice. The people, you know, and this horrible sort of castrated feeling. I can't do anything about it, but anyway. So I worry about Scarlett a great deal in terms of that, because it looks like something she's kind of picked up off. And it's actually, although it's the thing that I think drives the best aspects of my personality, it's also the things that drive my mental health issues as well. So it's a, it's a real problem. But um, she was started crying, and she was inconsolable. Nicola had gone out, um... Uh, to walk the dogs with her, her sister, we'd had a bit. We'd had a bit of a round. And to be fair, it's, it's my fault. I was I was being a weird pig, but um, Scarlett was inconsolable. Started crying for her mummy, um, and obviously when when she wants her mother, that means you know she tells me she hates me and she doesn't want me and so forth. But as she started to calm down, she went and sat in the toilet and she was still crying a little bit. And then she asked me, "Would me and mummy die?" And I had to say yes. Obviously, you can't pretend we're not going to. That's going to mm. fuck her up more than saying no. And and she's never broken my heart as much as she did. She was sitting on the toilet in floods of tears and looked at me and she says, I don't know what I'm going to do when you die and I don't know how to do my computer work. So in in her head, the world of work is computers. And... and she was just she was living this sort of this raw existential terror of being truly alone in the world and having no one to help and support her and and my heart just snapped in two it was just horrible to go through i sort of and i i tried to comfort her by telling her you know by the time she left school she'd know what she needs to do and then we started talking about school and college and university and how you learn to how you learn to navigate you through your your way through the world and I'm sure it'd be a long time before mummy and daddy do die you know um you know reassuring her that you know Nikki's turning 40 both her parents are alive and you know my mum's still about sort of trying to reassure her like that but it was um it was it was truly horrible it was not a pleasant thing to be through she got through it and she's fine she asked Nikki some questions about where we go when we die and and we we offer her up explanations based on both faith and science saying this is what different people believe some people believe you go to heaven some people believe you come back and you're reincarnated some people believe that you your every atom in your body goes off and, and becomes part of something else you know did you did you did because that's you there that last one kind of did, did you offer it so other people believe that it just ends and that's it or did you leave that one well, no, not really. I, I don't because I, that's the, the most. That's kind of the the one I believe. Yeah. Because I haven't said to her, your conscience goes off. You want to believe the star stuff thing. 
Well, yeah. What the one that you can prove empirically? No, but well, you the, can't, the way the, can you? yeah the way the way you explain it it sounds more. I'm I'm that's really bad for podcast. That's very bad audio. Nick's basically waving his arms around, creating a kind of circle. Yeah, it's less the it's less Dawkins and more Carl Sagan, isn't it? The, oh, the definitely, you and, I, and, I, and I think uh, very much, you know, my own personal belief sets is is Sagan kind of had a better way of um, Dawkins has a very cold and hard way of looking at things, and and see, I made the mistake of doing a Dawkins saying it's empirical fact. Well, in terms of what happens to the substance of your body, we have a consciousness that no one can offer an empirical answer for what happens to your consciousness. I think I probably know what happens to it. I think it gets snuffed out. But mm. I don't know for sure no one no one no one really can, can they? But yeah, Nikki was sort of and but she seems very positive and, and, and calm about it. But of course I kind of don't like to demonstrate this in front of Scarlet, but I, I really had a lot of trouble with that as right up into my 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 20s maybe my early 30s like general sort of like especially at night you know real existential terror mm-hmm. where i had to you know like i'd be lying in bed and i had to get out of bed and sort of distract myself and do something else because it's actually sheer terror of it all um i found overwhelming now i, I blame that on some dalliances i had with with religion Early on, early on in my life, and some bad experiences with religion. I, I mean, I think I've mentioned it before. I, I think a lot of, I think I was always going to be anxious about that stuff, mm. just because I'm an anxious person. Mm. But seeing threads mm. quite early yeah. just uh, leaned leaned into what I was already worried about. My worry yeah. was very specifically, um, well, I had two worries. Mm-hmm. One was if if I go to sleep, when I wake up, everybody might be dead. Mm-hmm. The world might have ended yeah. and it'll just be me. So that was one. Yeah. The other one was um, if I'm on my own. Mm. Like I'd heard a story about how a kid had um, – I've definitely talked about this mm. at some point in the, the previous episodes. As, um, at, at, at some point I'd heard a story about how a kid was feeling a bit ill mm. in their lesson. And so they were sent to the nurse mm-hmm. uh, and went across – um, the playground mm-hmm. and spontaneously hum- combusted. combusted. Oh, yeah, so no, all, all, that, all anyone found of them well, was yeah. was their shoes or something. Yeah. And um, and so on the one hand, I was there were two actually very different fears. But one was the minute I close my eyes and sleep, mm. when I wake up, everybody will be gone, and yeah. that was scary. But on the other hand, I was worried that if at any point people's eyes weren't on me, mm. if at any point people couldn't see me, yeah, I might die. Sure, and I was scared of spontaneous. I was scared me, that it yeah, hurt too. Yeah. more than anything else, right. and that I'd just be gone as yeah. well. And so I think a lot of my. But the thing is, those are both quite. Once I realised rationally that neither of those things mm-hmm. were probably going to happen, I've been quite nihilistic since. But in a mm. really, well, you know, yeah. I don't want anything bad to happen to Amy yeah. or Noah mm-hmm. or the dogs. But I'm pretty much at ease with things happening mm. to me. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yeah, and I am myself more so than I think of a big. But actually, having Scarlet kind of help that because then there's something. I think I've spoken about this before. Maybe you know, part of the only child thing. All of a sudden, there's something that's that's more important than me. For the first time, really, genuinely in my life, you know, there's something bigger than me going on. You know, sort of. So is that why you ended up in the garden? No, not at all. I, I was just. I had a very very bad day. Um, and Nikki and I. Uh, 
<clears throat> we had a day when I think Nikki was struggling with my mental health issues. I, I, I don't think I'm a monster, but I can be very difficult to be around when I'm when I'm having a bad day in particular. Uh, Nikki kind of said as much that, like, you know, it was a day I don't... Uh, yeah, she, she could have done without it, and I reacted very badly to that, got very angry, and sort of, I take the anger outside, but yeah, it basically end, ended up sitting outside in the garden in the in the dark, sort of. The, the only thing that I can say as a plus side is being a very big man, even in the pouring rain, I can smoke, I can roll a cigarette and keep it dry by leaning over <coughs> what I'm doing, so that's a good thing. That's good, but, like um, Totoro, but then, but then if Totoro wanted to roll a cigarette. But it, by contrast, Sunday was one of the, yesterday was one of the nicest, most relaxed, pleasant family days we've had. We went out for breakfast, came home, got the dogs, went out to Crabwood in Winchester, went for a walk in the woods, then came home and sort of just relaxed and had just had a really glorious family day together so it's it's almost in some ways like that really bad day had to happen the catharsis of then coming through that helped create a, a slightly better day but yeah yesterday was glorious today i have felt um uh, just absolutely friggin bereft i <laughs> day it's not a not a happy bunny at all today but then um it, it's very um so my my mood especially very lumpy at the moment i feel um well i feel like my antidepressant medication's doing me some good um uh, certainly in terms of the anxiety the ones that i take in the evening uh which is metazepam no yeah metazepam i take in the in the evenings um help me sleep but they give me very vivid dreams and my day now is pretty much dictated by the type of dream I've had the night before and more often than not they're quite dark so I can't remember specifically what I dreamt about last night but it just it leaves a stink over my whole mood and my whole day it's horrible I just I, f I feel otherworldly today like I'm not quite myself which is and I think maybe that's just a, a matter of, of still getting used to the medication I'm on. I'm not, I'm not who I normally am, if that makes sense. And it's very, very difficult to sort of that. And you know, I've got the birthday coming up, which is sort of, you know, it's a, it's a big milestone. I thought it didn't bother me, but apparently it clearly does. Um, yeah, it's all a bit. Um, yeah, it's a weird week. Hopefully Wednesday will be nice. And, and that and it was paid out the weekend. I should have been able to buy myself a couple of models to give myself something to do because where I'm signed off, um, I do get I, I get very bored. I find it very hard to concentrate on writing and that sort of creativity. So making has been my creative outlet. So I've got nothing to make. So it's sort of, and I've drawn the plans. So I'm sort of twiddling my thumbs. Have you been and, told not to pick up, not to buy anything until after your birthday? Yeah, very. <clears throat> I see. Okay. Well, I found 40 relatively easy. Mm -hmm. My biggest concern is that now that we're middle-aged, that mm -hmm. means we're expected to do another 40. And that seems like a lot of hard work. Yeah, maybe. Although, you know, I, I guess I'd kind of like to for Scarlet's sake. Yeah, really. I mean, that's my main driver yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So that was a happy happy story to... If you, when you were in the garden, if you wore a big leaf on your head like Totoro... Mm. You see, I pictured Totoro rolling a cigarette earlier, and now I just think that you need to lean into that a little bit. There is, uh, I assure you, there is nothing funny <laughs> about, a about, man in the, about in the a, rain. a fat, miserable man smoking cigarettes, watching Captain Kangaroo in the in here yeah, in the back garden in the rain. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking pitiable sight. A fat man smoking cigarettes. 
in the rain. You're having that, are you? There is, luckily, there's no YouTube video of that. I did, um, however, um, I delighted Scarlett by uploading some videos of her to YouTube. Um, There was a lovely picture of Scarlett. Oh, and the dog. Yeah, was that on Twitter? Yeah. Um, These aren't, these are private videos. I haven't made them available because they're not, they're for us. But YouTube's quite a nice place to put things on. You don't want to post video of uh, your child to uh, YouTube publicly Mm. because. Um, basically it doesn't matter how cute your child is Mm. people will take five comments to tell you Mm. that they're ugly Mm. and I've seen someone when Mm -hmm. cornered about that turn around and say oh no actually it was a girl say Mm. oh no actually they're a really cute kid I was just being I was just making a joke to get a reaction I actually admit that they were just trolling so it just happens it's just how people are anyway I hadn't even really considered that it's just it's not Mm. It was just for us, and it was a handy place to keep them. Dad and this, so yeah. Maybe if it, maybe she she likes doing little shows and stuff for us, so maybe I'll get around to filming one and editing it properly and making it available. I think if you get her to sing a song from a Disney film, uh, that's the way to viral videos. Anyway, we need to go. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I've got so much to be getting on with today, <laughs> listener. Uh, you can talk to us both on uh, Twitter. You can either just uh, follow Two GM Pod on Twitter, mm-hmm. or you can follow James and talk to him. He's you can find me at James M O M B, and I'm Nick Site N I X S I G H T. You can send us emails at Two GM Podcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. You can uh, subscribe to this podcast and listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. So any podcatchers, mm-hmm. iTunes, um, Apple's podcast thing, Pocket Casts, local co op. The local co-op, I think we're available there. We've done a deal with them, so you can get us with uh, any copies of The Sun, was it? Yeah, as if. And there is a mailing list. We post it very sporadically, right up until uh, I eventually do move house and Mm. then can think about fucking something else for a change. Not fucking something else. Something fucking else for a change. Um, I think that's... That's all of the things. Oh, and there's a page on Facebook as well. I'm on Facebook. James isn't really. Um, I am. I'm kind of. His back. name's there. Uh, do you know, it made me really proud. So I went back on. I had some pending friend requests and Facebook nags you by email. So I went back on there and I accepted them because I think it's the right thing to do. And then realized, shit, I've gone back on Facebook right before my birthday. It looks like I'm fishing for uh, like birthday I congrats. I got really stressed out about well, it. Well, it but... does now. I hadn't even considered it. Okay. Have you got an Amazon wish list yes. for birthday presents? Mm. So if you search for James Gilly on Amazon, you can probably find his mm. wish list and buy him something. Yeah, but you're, um, you'll find most at the top of the list is um, masking, uh, model-making masking, um, some flocking, um, and uh, styrene uh, sheets and styrene rods. Is that carbo-styrene? I don't know. Uh, but it's all, it's all for making my daughter's... Um, castle i mean if you want to buy me a roller masking tape you're more than welcome to it's all come always comes in handy in lieu of us ever getting a patreon or something like that yeah. uh so anyway that's us uh, uh, we're out yeah bye bye you normally say that i feel guilty sorry mm-hmm.